0: Happy Sabbath, everyone, my name is Francis, and I'm here to welcome each and every one of you out there to a very special Mother's Day service. For each one of us, the word mother, mum, mama, etc., can raise different sentiments or feelings within us. In the Bible, Genesis 320 mentions the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Today we celebrate all mothers, inclusive of the following. To those who gave birth this year, to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility fraught with pokes, prods, tears and disappointment, we walk with you. To those who are foster mums, mental mums and spiritual mums, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers recently, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have bought children, we remember them and you on this day. To those who are single and longing to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who are stepparent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness And remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. I pray that on this Mother's Day, you'll have some time for you to be able to do those special things you've always wanted to do. I pray you'll feel the closeness of the Lord God above and know how much you're thought of and how much that you're loved. To all the mothers, we thank you and appreciate you and we hope you enjoy this service that has been carefully and lovingly prepared for you today
1: hi it's nice to see you all again i need to tell you how much i enjoyed church last week it was so good to see our young people leading out in worship and also behind the scenes i think as a church we are so blessed really really blessed and it's an honor today to be speaking to you all on Mother's Day. Now, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend together. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.7. 2 Timothy 3.7, and it reads like this, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Oh, I love that verse. It talks about a grandmother and a mother having an impact in someone's life. I like it the way the um, the Message Bible puts it. It says this, that precious memory triggers another, your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice, and now to you. So, How has your mother's faith impacted you? How are you as a woman, a mum, impacting the life of your children and the family around you? I want to ask you a question. What are the characteristics of a godly mother? What does a godly mother look like? We can all talk about a rich mother, a beautiful mother, an educated mother, a healthy mother, a busy mother, a servant-type mother, a young mother, all types of mothers. What does, God, what does a godly mother look like? I want to share with you a short story. Uh, when I served, of, served as head of news for the church in the South Pacific, I travelled a lot and it became a priority. I had to attend big camps meetings for union presidents and conference presidents and travel throughout the Pacific. And the most most frustrating issue for me when flying wasn't check-in, it wasn't waiting to board the flight, and it wasn't the flight. I loved flying. And on long trips I would eat, I would watch movies, I would eat some more, and I would prepare, prepare for the meetings that I had to go to. Um, I would eat food, I loved aeroplane food. A good friend of mine by the name of Graham Hood, he's a Qantas captain and he once told me that the worst thing about flying for him as a captain was the food. After 30 years of flying, he, he was sick of eating the same food. The other thing he disliked about flying was the damage it did to his eyes. As a pilot, for 30 years, he had to wear expensive glasses because the glare, the UV, had done damage to his eyes. I love to fly. When things improve and you're wanting to travel and you're wanting a companion, I'm happy to travel with you as long as you book me a business class seat. I'm in. And I'm more than happy to humble myself and be there for you. Russell Duncan, I know you travel a lot. If you need me to carry your bags, count me in. So back to the most challenging thing about flying. I'm wondering if you can guess what it is. You ready for it? The worst thing about flying is when you reach your destination and you have to wait in your seat, all you want to do is get off. And so you wait in your seat and you wait for a particular sound. You ready? Here it is. That sound tells you that you can unbuckle your belt and start to get ready to disembark. That's what's most frustrating. One time after a five-hour flight on a 747 to Fiji, the aircraft touched down and arrived at the gate and I was just busting to get off the plane. I wanted to get off and we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the sound to happen. Here it goes again. So I rushed to the storage bin above my seat and I laughed at what I saw. One savvy traveller had used white paint to write two simple words on the bottom of the suitcase. On the bottom of a suitcase it said, "'Not yours.'" And it worked. No one grabbed his luggage mistakenly. My mother reminded me every day as a child when I grabbed things that they didn't belong to me by saying, Ah, ah, no, Pablito, no es tuyo. In English, it says, Pablo, it's not yours. Don't touch. Don't touch. It's not yours. And through life as a kid, I learned that I wasn't to touch things that didn't belong to me. I started after that flight to think of the things that mum had taught me through life. She taught me to value God's laws, his words, his way of living. My mother was a godly woman. She lived her life according to God's will. Mum taught me to live by a set of rules that would guide my life. A set of rules that if if lived by correctly could enhance my life and allow me to live Life to the full. So, this morning I'd like to share five traits of a godly mother, a godly woman. The first one is a godly woman is devoted to God. The word priority implies that some things come before or prior to some others, not instead of. Spiritual priorities assisted Mum in her quest to become a woman of God. It was her most important mission in life. In her quest to place God on the throne, prayer became the most necessary, habitual part of her life. Many times in my youth, I would walk past my parents' bedroom and I would see mum on her knees, speaking to God, petitioning him, wrestling with things. Ellen White, in uh, writing about mothers praying for their children, says the following. The anxious mother questions, what stand will they take? What can I do to prepare them to act well their part so that they will be the recipients of eternal glory? She says, great responsibilities rest upon you mothers. Although you may not stand in national councils, you may do a great work for God and your country you may educate your children, you may aid them to develop characters that will not be swayed or influenced to do evil, but will sway and influence others to do right. And then she finishes off this quote by saying, by your fervent prayers of faith, you can move the arm that moves the world. And I love that And every once in a while I'd ask mum what what she was praying for and she'd say, for your sisters who are travelling and singing with endless praise, for you, son, so you'll never forget God, for your brother to have a stronger relationship with God, for your father who spends a lot of time after work serving others. Praying to God gave mum the strength she might not have had without her faith. And Scripture teaches us that God has promised to provide all our strength and all our needs in Philippians 4:13 and 19. And without him, we can do nothing, as found in John 15:5. And with God, all things are possible in Luke 1:37. By prioritizing prayer, Mum was able to focus on the eternal rather than the temporal the richness of the kingdom of god rather than earthly treasure my second point was that mum was trustworthy she trusted in god no matter the circumstances and i believe that god entrusted my siblings and i to the care of our mum she was trustworthy in every aspect of life she trusted god and god trusted her Trusting God is first and foremost a matter of knowing his character and faithfulness. Another one of the lessons in life was to be able to trust God no matter the circumstances. Mum taught me to call on his name and know in my heart of hearts that he will never forsake me. I like what Charles Stanley writes in his book, Finding Peace. He says, I have complete confidence that God is able to take care of any situation and provide an answer for any question or problem. He has all the resources of the universe to draw upon in helping each one of us through any type of crisis if we will trust him. God is trustworthy. I know that for sure because my trustworthy mother "'Told me, and I've experienced it myself. "'Do you need God in any of the following areas? "'Are you in trouble? "'Are you experiencing something that has you scared? "'Are you tired? "'Are you sick? "'Are you lonely? "'Are you miserable? "'If so, remember to run to God "'and trust in his power and goodness. "'Let God lift some of the weight off your shoulders. "'Remember, Nothing is too heavy for him. I know that handing God our baggage and fully trusting him can be hard because we've all experienced heartbreak and disappointment at the hands of others. But I promise it'll be okay. He is trustworthy and he is good. He will deliver you in times of trouble. He will protect you when you face danger. He will give you the strength to keep going and he will make you whole. God is trustworthy. I know that for sure because my trustworthy mother taught me so. My third point is that my mother was courageous. If ever I met a courageous woman, it was my mother. In her mid-twenties, my parents left their families behind and migrated to Australia. Not only did my parents find a new country to live in, They also met Jesus. One day I asked my mother how hard it was to leave Chile for Australia. She said it took so much courage and strength to leave the known for the unknown. But she believes it was the best decisions my mum and dad ever made, for they found a new way of living, of serving and living for God. Mum said it took courage to start new lives in Sydney. And as they became Christians, it took courage to have weekly Bible studies and have their habits changed as they started to believe in God, the Ten Commandments, the health message. They understood what forgiveness was, salvation and the Sabbath. It took courage to be baptised. It took courage to say to her employer in broken English, I can't work on Friday nights or on Saturdays anymore, as it's my day of worship. It took courage to set aside 10% of her earnings, plus an offering to give back to God to help grow God's kingdom and the church. It took courage to trust in God when things didn't go as planned or expected. It took courage for mum to take a stand for her new found convictions and to live by them day and night. God wants for every mum, every woman and every person to live with courage. And it doesn't mean you will never feel afraid ever again. It means means that even in the midst of fear, you will obey God. That, my friend, is courage. It's following God no matter how afraid you feel because you know God loves you and will never let you down. The more you grow in him, the more he will continue to challenge you and he will help you to confront every fear. In life, I've learned that nothing in life or in ministry ever ever happens apart from courage. And when you read the story of Joshua, you can experience courage at another level. Moses is dead because he disobeyed God and He allowed the pressure of the people following him to get to him and he acted in unbelief. So he commissions Joshua to carry on. Now God calls Joshua personally and gives him an exposition of courage. And he talks about it in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 and it reads like this. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then God says, be strong and courageous because you will lead those people to inherit the land I swore to give to their ancestors, to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Serving God is not for the faint-hearted. God will give you things to do that you've never done before and will instruct you to step out in faith in ways you never have. All to teach you how to live by faith instead of fear. Thank you, Mum, for teaching me to live with a heart full of courage. My next point, number four, is that Mum was a strong woman. God delights in strong women. We in the church, we the church, should delight in strong women. Our celebration of strong women in the body of Christ should be heard loud and clear. What needs to be heard as well is a joyful, embracing of what the Bible celebrates as strong women. There isn't a biblical formula for godly strong women. We in our church at Castle Hill are so blessed to have strong women. Let me name a few for you. I think of Leonie Rock at the age of 95, who's still serving and giving. Jeanette Kemp, Carolyn Sheriff, Gabrielle Thompson, Vanessa Diaku, Josie Jakovac. Glenda Carrasco, Shirley Hins, Megan Howey, Gwen Maharaj, Rochelle Thompson, Susan Davis, Jessica Laws, Carolyn Burdelson, Colleen Savage, Gabby Jakovac, Emmeline Arceau, Kendra Egu, Ashley Mitchell, Josie Walker, Wendy Malcolm, just to name a few. And please, please don't take offence because I haven't named you. I don't have the time today to name all the women that I see who are strong and courageous, but I say praise God that we have strong women in our church. I've been doing some digging lately into the story of Deborah in Judges 4 and 5. This strong woman stands out, one of a few prophetesses mentioned in the Bible. I love that she's a faithful servant of God, a courageous woman. And Joshua, Judges 4, 4 4-5 says this, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. Church, here is a strong woman used by God to exercise strategic leadership and wisdom among God's people. This is beautiful and important for us to see. One of my other quotes is, we need strong women who will serve God with passion and wisdom, with integrity and perseverance. We definitely need strong women at Castle Hill. We're blessed to have you serving diligently and building God's kingdom. We're definitely blessed to have strong women who serve as nurses, mums at home and teachers. We're blessed to have you serving diligently and building God's kingdom. We're definitely blessed to have strong women in the marketplace. We're blessed to have you serving diligently and serving God's kingdom. One thing that I didn't say about my mum is that she wasn't a person to be seen up the front and leading in meetings and so on. She wasn't a loud woman. Her strength was in serving, in giving to others, in cleaning, in cooking, in being a deaconess, in her stewardship. Her strength was in hospitality, as we had people over almost every Sabbath at home. Her strength was in allowing her children to grow up and learn to serve God in whatever capacity was before them. Her strength was in her faithfulness. Her strength was in her walk, her talk, and the way she carried herself as a woman. My last point today is she journeyed through life with her best friend. And most Christians think of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour and King and Master. For mum, Jesus was her closest friend. Mum was always talking about him and she drew closer to him in, during times of trouble and built a loving, long-lasting relationship with her Saviour. Mum learned early in her Christian journey that Jesus has non-negotiable Attributes that at best that a best friend should possess, such as honesty, listening skills, and the ability to accept you for who you are. When she boiled it down, Mum realized that Jesus set the standard of how a good friend should be. Jesus was the best friend she could ever have. And Mum would share with me some of her favorite Bible verses. Psalms 5.3 was one of them. It reads like this. In the morning, O Lord, I hear your voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. I always refer to the Message Bible to unpack some verses. It's so creative. Eugene Peterson says, Listen, God, please pay attention. Can you make sense of these ramblings, my groans and cries? King God... I need your help. Every morning you'll hear me at it again. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. My mum, Glenda Lillo, often said to me as we discussed life together Jesus hears your voice every time you pray to him. And I want to remind you this morning that Jesus hears your voice. When you speak to him, when you take time out of your day to speak with Jesus, he will put everything down and listen to you. Do you believe it? I certainly do. And Jesus is good at putting everything into perspective. When it seems like there's no way out, Jesus will always find a solution. Danny Stafford, a a Christian author, says this, Jesus never changes And he is perfect. No matter how much time passes, he was and still is the same perfect God. Jesus gives you peace, strength and courage to see the problem through. Jesus has never too much going on in his life to interrupt you mid-sentence and say, I'm too busy I can't handle you right now, as we say to our children and those around us. That's what mum would say. Jesus never has too much going on in his life to interrupt you mid-sentence. Jesus will simply listen because he wants to hear exactly what you have to say. I like what D.L. Moody says. He says, As a rule I've had for years is to treat Lord Jesus Christ as a personal friend, he is not a creed, a mere doctrine, but it is he himself we have. So Jesus is a friend who will never let you down and never betray the secrets of your heart. There is a friend who will always be there for you today or tomorrow in spite of your imperfections. He's always willing to help you in times of need. It's great to really have close friends you can trust with just about anything. But the most amazing friend you and I will ever have is Jesus himself. Now, one of the best definitions of the word friend that mum ever taught me is this one. A person who comes in when the world goes out. Write that down if you get a chance. A friend, a true friend... Is a person who comes in when the world goes out. And that's a great summary of the verse that I've shared with you. God is the truest of all friends. No one will ever care for you, listen to you more, and answer your prayers like Jesus. He will never forsake you. And he will support you and love you unconditionally. So it's Mother's Day this weekend. I want to remind you that Jesus Christ can be your greatest and dearest friend. And like any friend, I trust that you will speak to him daily and love him completely. Jesus Christ is the truest of all friends. Dear Heavenly Father, We are blessed as your children to have you in our lives. May we always remember you and see you as a friend who will love us and never forsake you. May we always call upon your name. May we always learn to trust you and be courageous as we face the trials of life. Father, I ask you to abundantly bless every mother, every grandmother, every auntie, every woman, who loves to care for those around them. Bless them abundantly with good health and wisdom and the ability to trust in you. May this weekend be a time of reflection, of sharing, of eating great food together and celebrating life. And Father, thank you for the Castle Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank you for the community that we are. May you bless everyone and keep us close together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.